What's up then listeners? Welcome to another episode of the Midge and the Keg NFL podcast. Host as usual, Billy. Alongside me co-host Jimbo. Rob, how's it going? And our guest today this week for our Arizona Cardinals off-season talk episode is Tom. How are we doing, Tom? I'm not too bad. Need to wait for the season to come back because, you know, yeah. it's been too long already. Yeah, seems like they've done it after the Super Bowl. Just seems to uh, seems like there's not a lot left to do. What I'll do, Tom, I'll let you uh, introduce your your guys's page and your podcast and stuff. So if I'll I'll give you the floor on that if you want to give give a shout out to uh, your page and content and all the other uh, links and stuff. Yep. So my name's Tom. I've been running the British Beard Gang since 2012, and you can be found on Twitter at British Beard Gang and also Facebook. Although we're not too active on there these days except for the Facebook group for fans. We have our own podcast, The British Beard Gang Breakdown. You can find that on all podcast platforms, that sort of thing. Yeah. And, you know, just love being on Twitter more than anything, really. Interacting with everyone. Cool, cool. Sounds good. So what I'll do, I'll make sure, guys, I'll put the links and everything below for our episodes for The British Bird Gang. So definitely give their podcast a check out. And going through into the off-season, go check them out. Right, Tom, so we'll sort of go straight into it. Uh, so 2020 as a whole for the uh, the Cardinals, it seems to me, sort of having a look back on it, sort of like the season that sort of slipped away a little bit. Obviously had a similarly decent start. Um, Kyler Murray was, in, all, in, in my opinion, I'm sure you'd have the same opinion, he was outstanding throughout the few first few sort of games of the year and he was sort of in the MVP discussion very early on. Uh, he had sort of a good, nice... Um, nice few games going through and he's obviously stepped up massively from what he did last year. Looking through, obviously third in, third in the division obviously is a really tough division. You've got Seattle and they're now the Rams and the Rams look like they've got stronger. Obviously 49ers this year had quite a few injuries which sort of derailed their season. But how do you think as a whole, as a, as a Cardinals fan, did you feel like you know this was a playoff calibre side or did you think it sort of slips away just a bit too much towards the end of the season? I mean, I came into the season thinking we'd be like around the 7-8 win sort of thing. You know, it's like we've got some good players on the roster, but there's still too many holes on it to be an actual like championship winning team. So to be honest, I was happy with an 8-8 eight and eight season, even though like obviously we had the really good start, didn't we? But it was like the second half of the season just seemed to go away from us. Like we couldn't beat backup quarterbacks. We had injuries piling up. Kyler Murray wasn't the same after his. And then, like, had we made the playoffs, which we could have done, you know, I just don't think we would have done much there because Kyler wasn't Kyler, like the one we saw earlier in the season. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I think you're in such a difficult division there that an eight, sort of an eight and eight season with your roster last year is, is quite a fair result, really. I think it's it's more the fact that you missed out by so little, really, that's probably more frustrating than anything. But I think overall, it's probably a good season. You know, you, you've Kyler Murray's got a little bit more experience under his belt. He's looking promising. It, you know, going forward, I think you're looking in in quite a strong position. Yeah, it's just one of those positions, though, because like obviously we won won eight games, which has given us the 16th pick in the draft. You know, looking at the talent, what's there in the draft at the moment, you think maybe if we'd not won a couple of them games, we'd have had a better pick. You know, looking yeah, back, I mean, maybe that would have been the better thing to do. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're Falcons fans and we were sort of towards the end of the season, you know, we were sort of cheering. We didn't really want to win, just, you know, for that draft position. And I think when you when you do miss out of the playoffs, like, so close and you end up with a, 
a bad draft spot. I suppose that's that is the the problem, isn't it? I mean, there's still plenty of talent to go around, but you know, we'll yeah. see. We're, we're yeah. more than one player away from being a championship like contending team, anyway. I think. Pass interference, defense, automatic first down. Yeah, I was just going to say we if we move on to sort of the um, cap situation for next year. So you know, you've got thirteen point five million uh, in cap space at the moment. That's that's on the projection that it drops to uh, one hundred seventy five million total cap next year. You've got a few contracts that are running out. Sort of big, sort of big money contracts. I, mean, I know Patrick Peterson's planning on moving on. Um, Larry Fitzgerald sort of potentially retiring. But you've got a, a few players there that you probably want to sort of renew. I mean, who who there is your sort of players you're most you know wanting to resign? I mean, the thing about Patrick Peterson is like I want him to come back, but obviously, like we can't afford to pay him like big money, which yeah. he might still be after even after a down season. So like. I know there was reports about it saying he's planning on moving on, but then he came out on his own podcast saying that there's been no talk whatsoever between the two so far. So that's just like still up in the air anyway. Same thing with... Yeah. And the same with Larry Fitzgerald. Like usually around this time, we'd know if he's coming back or not, but we've still not heard anything from him about his plans. Yeah, I think the thing with Larry next year is he's going to probably have to take a fair pay cut really, isn't he, to to sort of come back with the cap the way it is, obviously losing sort of potentially sort of 20 million cap space this year like as a league, probably going to want to take, I mean, is that something you think he's going to want to do at his age? Is he, is he going to want another year? Well, he ha- I think he said all along that he'd only come back if he's on a contending team. And obviously, if he wants to come back this year, then he thinks we're a contending team for 2021. So... <laughs> I mean, I don't want to pay him $11 million just to come back and get like one or two catches a game, you know, because that money could be spent on a guy like Corey Davis, Juju Smith-Schuster, someone like that. Someone who will actually contribute to the team, like more than... I know Larry Fitzgerald brings more than just catches, but $11 million, it's too much. Yeah, it, it really is, I think, for, you know, for someone who's sort of dropping his... You know, play a little bit. There is a very wide, sort of wide receiver free agency market this year as well. There's a lot of lot of guys that you could get for a lot cheaper than eleven million. Moving on down this list, is there anyone else that you sort of looking at as sort of a major need to resign? Who's who's sort of your, your main guy there that you need to? I think with the way Hassan Reddick was playing at the end of the season, you know, he had the five sack game against New York. Like when he was actually played in the position where he's been known to play as like a pass rusher. Mm as opposed to us trying to convert him to an inside linebacker. So, but like after that performance, we're probably going to have to tag him if we want to bring him back. And again, that's really expensive to do as a pass rusher. I think it's like 13 to $15 million for a year. Yeah, I think he's, like you said, because he had about definitely his best season as, as, as a you know, in his career with you guys, you know, I think he's obviously in the last year of his contract this year, of his rookie contract. But his first time, like you say, they've played him as pretty much a pure pass rusher to actually do what he was always done best when he'd done the best um, at college and stuff. You know, like he was that type of player. Instead of trying to convert him into that linebacker role, it doesn't really massively work for him. But like you said, it's, it is a lot of money to take on. If he's the problem is, I think Hasn't really will probably look at the market as well. And you probably will get a team that will probably give him like a multi-year deal. That's probably got some good worth of guaranteed money in there. Like we and Jimbo were talking about, your cap situation's like fairly fair. 
like there's a lot more teams like including our team that are in a lot worse situation cap wise to like bring players back or possibly move some stuff around. So, but I think yeah, if you could somehow get a Hassan Riddick, either if it's a multi-year deal or like you said, ideally not franchise tagging him, like it could be a situation like that. And obviously, a lot of people don't really want to use it as much as well. So that could that is an option there. The one name that sort of stood out to me just to sort of bring it back a bit on the free agency uh, in terms of position was um, is Kenyon Drake. Now, obviously, in terms of running backs. Obviously, he was your starting guy. I felt like he had a better year last year. I'm not too sure how you felt he sort of acquired through this year for offensive line play and stuff. Like, how, would you like to see him back? I mean, do you think eight million is quite a, a, a reasonable product? Do you think it's a bit too much for him to bring him back? I mean, like, he had his, like, six games after we traded with Miami for him. Where he was just, like, outstanding. But, like, 2020 just... I mean, he had, like... I think he had 10 touchdowns this season so he was productive but you know after we got burnt with David Johnson I don't want to go be handing out like multi-year big money deal to a running back when we've got guys like Chase Edmonds like he could do it we've got the chance to draft guys you know and loads of other teams seem to manage to get like undrafted free agents to like produce at the position yet we've never been able to do that Maybe one year we'll be able to do that. So, like, yeah. I mean, like, if we did bring Kenyon Drake back, I would only want him like on a one year deal. But even then, I think the money would be better spent elsewhere. Yeah, that's, yeah he's on quite a big contract for a, for a running back now at the moment, really, like the, the way it's going. Well, we on, on, to, like, we, yeah, we on, sort of talked about that with the running back position. Like, we, we, we've had the discussion on like other, other episodes that about with like the running back value it's gone down so much now like like you say with like the draft um obviously you guys haven't got an, an array of picks but you could easily pick someone up like in the third or fourth round that can have you know there's a younger guy that's got a decent talent you know like running backs are not valued as much as you know like i said if, you, if you've noticed throughout the years the, the running back position in terms of like you know, definitely taking someone in the first round has gone has dropped massively unless they're like talents like you know We've seen Saquon Barkley, who's, you know, an absolute freak. You know, players like that who have gone in the first round as a top pick. But you look at these running backs now that are, again, picked up in, like, the mid – or either day two of the draft or even even further in day three. Like, there's – like you said, I think there is options. You know, like I say, unless Kenyon Drake takes a pay of, like, a decent pay cut, which I don't think he will, he, he will probably get a contract some – you know, if he does go, he'll go and get another contract. Someone will offer him something a lot more. But yeah, ideally, like I say, you look at the draft now with something like that, you could easily pick up like a younger guy. Like we talked about Jim, didn't we? Like you you love spending a, like less picks now, more on the running back, definitely like in like day two going yeah, to day three. I think, you know, looking at sort of the third and fourth round, it's it's the same with sort of a wide receiver, like a third, third choice, like slot receiver sort of thing. You know, you can sort of pick up them sort of guys that could be quite productive from day one in sort of third and fourth rounds. I think this year there's potentially like two that are going to go in the first round. I still think you're a little bit high to be picking one of them at 18. Um, what's, what's your thoughts? I mean, would you like to see a running back taken in the draft this year for you? I mean, I'm a big fan of Najee Harris from Alabama, but like you say, 16 mm. seems to be pretty high up for him there. So like then you think you maybe day two, second round could maybe take Javante Williams out of North Carolina. He's a decent running back. Or like even later yeah. on than that, like day three. 
looking at guys like Trey Sermon from Ohio State or Ramondre Stevenson from Oklahoma. You know, I'd take one of those sort of guys. Yeah, they, there's some know, nice backs this yeah. year, depth, depth-wise in the draft. I love Chubba Hubbard from uh, Oklahoma State. He's he's great, and I think there's there's rumors of him even dropping to like day three. He's a bit of a reach day two, but like you know, there there is choices there. So and like you say, because you guys haven't got like a, a plethora of picks for this year's draft, it's worth like you can probably bank on picking someone sort of later on in that one. On sportsmanlike conduct, fifteen yards. Uh, with that, so Jim, sorry, you were going to go on to uh, another position, weren't you? Uh, with, with running back as well, like there's one thing that our roster lacks at the moment, and that's like the biggest horse of back. You know, like you'll get the short yards because you're not going to put Carla Murray in those sort of situations. So no. I think we need someone like that to come in this year, whether that be like a free agent or, like I say, one of the guys I mentioned in the draft, you know? Yeah, I mean, if we if we have a little look at the the, uh, the running back free agents, I'm not sure, I haven't really anything there sort of taking you. I think someone like you know you got someone like a Carlos like you say if you talk about thicker like type backs, someone like a Carlos Hyde, if you could get him on like a cheap deal, wouldn't be a bad choice to not maybe not start, but if you're maybe let's just say you guys maybe rely on Chase Edmonds a little bit more. Carlos Hyde's not a bad back to put in, like you say, for them sort of short yarder situations. He's always been that type of back where he's quite, you know, a bit of a thicker body guy. Like he could be on a nice deal, maybe. Maybe that's, I'm not sure if you thought about that situation, but he seems like possibly an option there. Yeah, I think there's. I say for Sorry. this list here, Todd Gurley looks nice, but, you know, who knows what's left of his knees these days, sadly. Yeah, he was. he he done all right this season in parts, but he was, you know, I wouldn't be paying him much. Be honest. No. I don't think he'll get more on what we paid for him, which is about five and a no. half mil for the year. Yeah, you still got nine touchdowns. Like you know, we used him, like you said, he's in that sort of short yardage guy. As you know, yeah. he's not the same guy he used to be. Like the top ten pick, top Gurley, who was like outstanding. But yeah, it depends who goes on him. <clears throat> like I say he sounds nice, but like you said, I think he's uh, me and we're quite happy to let him go because yeah. I don't think it's going to be worthwhile. Maybe for another team, it might be. But yeah, I, I can't see much more production out of him as much, really, which shames me to say because I was absolutely buzzing when we signed him in free agency last yeah. year. But uh, yeah, so we'll go sort of on to, yeah, we'll lead sort of into the free agency, Mike. Is there anyone that's really, not in terms of position and need, but someone that's maybe stood out to you that you thought, hmm, maybe we could maybe pick them up on the sign in? Is there a lot more, anyone that sort of took your eye if, in that respect? At the moment, I've really been looking at like wide receiver because obviously we've got DeAndre Hopkins in. You know, I still can't believe we managed to get him for what we did. The best like trade to me in history is like it's unreal. <laughs> You're glad Bill O'Brien was like pretty much cursing away, like giving away the Texans like wealth. Like it was unbelievable. Yeah, but like wide receiver, I think we definitely need someone else other than him because Christian Kirk's flashed in like spots but he's not been doing it consistently so you like really need like another wide receiver two type guy or like obviously take off the pressure from Hopkins but also be productive himself on a regular basis so like I've been looking at guys like Marvin Jones I mean he's a bit older than most of them but everywhere he's gone he's just like delivered hasn't he yeah just reliable reliable set of hands to sort of pair up with uh Hopkins, yeah, I think that's a good shot. 
Like okay. you pointed out, Jimbo, like free agency, there there is a lot of. I mean, look at the names. You know, it's, like it's you can pick up deep. so many guys. It is very deep. And like we pointed out, we've had a couple of conversations about cap situation this year. Because obviously, of how different it is. Obviously, you're more of a, a stronger topic on that, Jimbo. But obviously, to point it out of like that there are because there's so many people that you know in terms of like this, especially this class of position, you are going to get guys that are not going to have that top contract because the there's obviously less money or there's to be less money. So you sort of look at that and you think, well, in that situation, some guys like like your um sort of like we just sort of mentioned, you've got like people like Kenny Golladay, Curtis Samuel, you know, players like that, they won't get the top wide receiver contract money. They'll get like a decent contract, but obviously it's going to fare well for teams like yourselves, like the Cardinals picking up a guy on that sort of cheaper deal that's not going to completely dent, dent your caps, uh, cap space. So it's not really a bad option to have, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, like, because obviously we don't have that much room, but we could easily make room by cutting guys who yeah. aren't, Performing like, uh, what's his name? Robert Olford. We signed him. He's an ex-Falcon as well. Like, yeah, he's not played a single down for us yet. He's worth like nine million dollars or something like that. Maybe even yeah, more. It's a savings of uh, seven and a half million. To, to yeah. Cut. So, see, looks an obvious one. Really, I'm looking at the you know the list of players you've got. Yeah, I mean, it's not like we've got that many because, like, as well, you could cut. Chandler Jones would save like ten million, but then you're like, who's going to be sacking the quarterback if he's not? Yeah, yeah, he is like your your standout guy. He, he is out, you know, obviously got injured this year, didn't he, early on, um, for the year. But yeah, he's he is outstanding. It'd be nice to have him if he can stay healthy next year. You know, that gives you a bit more dimension on defense. Definitely, like you say, you need us, especially we we've had that as pass rush for years. You know, so it's just sort of a case you can't have enough pass rushes. You know, yeah. if you do. Bring Heston Riddick with Chandler Jones. That could be quite scary as a pairing. I do quite like the sound of that in terms of uh, yeah. I wouldn't want to be blocking either of them. It wouldn't be a wouldn't be my ideal situation I as mean, an offensive lineman. You know, if you if you're desperate, you can still make that saving by restructuring the contract. You know, pushing the bonus back. There is still options there. You know, there is there is plenty of ways that you can sort of create cap space on this on this roster. You've got a lot of players contracted as well. You know, which helps. Um, another. Yeah, sorry, Karen. That's the thing with the Cardinals cap like situation. Like, we don't really have that many like top tier talents yet. All the money seems to have disappeared from like just a few people. So like, that's not a what good way of building a team, I think. At least anyway. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Um, another sort of corner. So cornerback this year. I mean. Obviously, we spoke about Patrick Peterson potentially returning. You've obviously you've got actually sort of three other players that are expiring contracts at cornerback. I mean, is is that somewhere you want to address in the draft, or would you, you know, any free agents you prefer? Yeah, I think cornerbacks definitely somewhere that we're going to have to address because I think at the moment we've probably got Byron Murphy under contract and maybe a couple of other like backups and Alford, yeah, which which we've already discussed as a potential cut, so. Yeah, it's not a good idea to go into the season just with Byron Murphy or anything like that. So, yeah, I think we'll definitely be active on, like, free agency and also in the draft because, like, looking at most mock drafts at the moment, pick 16 seems to go on a cornerback quite a lot of the time. So we'll see when that comes to that. There's not too many names in free agency, though, that I'm too excited about looking at them. No, I mean, Xavier Rhodes had a... He had a better year this year for the Colts. He already said he doesn't want to go back. 
Uh, Brian Paul, sort of a more experienced guy. Obviously, we we had him at the Falcons before. He's, he's solid. I mean, anywhere there for you, Bill? That you've... I think, sort of Tom's in now in the head, I think the main thing with the corner position for, for, for Arizona is the fact that, obviously, you're going to lose, you know, let's just say, hypothetically, Patrick Peterson doesn't come back, you know, because obviously with the contract, he doesn't want to take a cut, he's going he's gonna to test the market. So, if you're left with someone like Byron Murphy and you, and, and you decide to, like, cut Alford, you're going to basically have to rebuild that secondary. And the problem is, as much as I liked, there's some names like there, I think it's very worth, you know, in this situation in free agency to get, obviously, like a, a veteran-type guy. So someone like, a, I don't know if he's going to re-sign or not, you know, it's too early to say at the moment. But obviously, you've got the guys like Richard Sherman, who's really experienced. Obviously, you played to him twice a year, you know, for years, you know, at Seattle. And obviously, now he's at the 49ers. You've got someone like that that can add a bit more veteran, you know, that's it's always good to have someone like that. Because if you do, let's just say you go first round and draft a corner, you know, as much as you want him to start and you want it to be productive, you're going to want at least, you know, obviously depending on injuries as well, you're going to want some sort of depth there as well. So maybe bringing in someone like, I think, you know, depending if, um, if they bring him back, but someone like, a, like you point out, Jim, like a Brian Paul or even like a Quinton Dunbar and, you know, sort of players like that that you could get on a one-year deal that would sort of not fill a need, but they sort of give you the depth, if that makes sense. So you, obviously, you're not going to like start any of them, but they'll be, they're like good additions to have. You know, obviously, the league's such a passing league now. You're going to want to have a nice depth for corners. I mean, I don't. how, how do you feel about that? Do you think, do you think I'm right in saying that? Yeah, I mean, I see where you're coming from because, like, looking at this free agent list, they're all pretty much older-looking guys at the top of it. Like, 30-plus getting there, 29, 28 sort of thing. So, you're not really going to find a young cornerback in free agency without, like, a good reason than being there, are you? Yeah, that's true. No, no, I don't think, yeah, I think there's a lot more, like you say, definitely in that age bracket, Um, especially starting calibre guys. I think, yeah, I think it's going to more lead into the draft. Blue 22! So, as much as um, we've been talking about it, we might as well sort of lead lead into it. So, talking draft, obviously, we looked at the needs. Mainly, mainly corner is, you reckon, the main address need. Obviously, we sort of looked as well, and depending on your tight end situation, that could be a possible look in terms of need looking at the draft. And possibly a guard, because there's obviously one person I've wanted to bring up, sorry about free agency, was obviously um, J.L. Sweezy, who... I don't think really had a decent year. Obviously, the line is a little bit here and there because obviously got Kelvin Beecham that if, if you sort of bring him back, but obviously, Giles Sweezy didn't really have a great year. So maybe you could look at a guard as well. There's some nice guards and they reckon they could fall to you. I've seen some mock drafts actually there where you've actually taken a guard. How do you feel about that? What, what would you like to see uh, your Cardinals do, in the, at least in the first round for like a top for their top pick? What would you like to see them do? Well, I mean, picking a 16 is a tough one at the moment because like all the top quarterbacks seem to go in mock drafts, all the wide receivers seem to go. And Kyle Pitt seems to go as well, which is a shame because he's the guy I really want to see us get. So Yeah, he'd be a nice he'd be a nice weapon from Florida. He's he's an outstanding tight end. Yeah. And obviously he'd be like more like a wide receiver as well, potentially. So that solves two positions in one really for us. So but yeah, so like maybe like edge rusher or offensive line could be the pick there because obviously if players aren't there to pick, you're not going to reach for like guys who like you got like a second tier sort of thing. You're not really going to reach for one of them at 16 because we just need guys who are talented on this roster. 
Yeah, I yeah. think that's a, I think that's a very good point. I think you know, there's probably three, three or four quarterbacks that are probably going to go in the first round. I think you know, if they're not there when you're picking, if they don't fall to at sixteen, you know, there's no point reaching for for a guy. You might as well just take, you know, it's quite a good sort of offensive guard class, or you know, just take the best player available of their needs. Yeah, you know, available is good. Sorry, and, yeah, and worst case, you know, one of the two running backs who, who both look very good. I'm not sure I could handle the fan base meltdown if we took one of them at 16. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, you'd be having a good it, episode. It does seem feedback, very high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, running back, yeah, as much as I, I I love Najee Harris, I think he's he's outstanding. He'd be really good on whoever, whoever picks him up. But yeah, I think if you're looking at sort of need, I mean, I've sort of listed a few mock drafts and there's one guy that stood out quite a fair bit. was Vera Tucker from USC. He's like a really, really big lineman. Quite athletic for his size. He plays more guard. He, he can swing out to tackle, I believe. I think he's played in that type of position. He seems to get off what I've seen with people picking. He's been like like the um, the main sort of guy that's sort of been mentioned in them in them drafts, which is obviously that sort of helps sort of solidify that inside line a little bit, um, you know, to sort of obviously protect Carla Murray and, and obviously get the run game going as well in that interior line. That could possibly be an option, like you say, Jim. But there's like four, at least I've kind of four, maybe even five going in the first for corners. I think that is a good option. I think if I was personally a fan, I, I think I'd like them to go more in the corner range. But this is the draft, you know. Anything can happen, you know. You can see guys fall. You see trade backs. I think there's, I think there's going to be a lot of trade backs in the top ten this year. Um, so it's going to be a little bit of a weird and different one this year. But um, yeah, if I, I'll, I'll sort of put you on the spot a little bit, Tom. If you had to, I'm not sure if you've done a mock draft yet or if your guys on the team have done a mock draft yet, but if you had to pick someone for this first round, where, where would you like to sort of see them lead? Who would you like to see see them pick up? I mean, I've done quite a lot of mock drafts so far already. Every Monday I seem to do one on Twitter for everyone. And like, sometimes you go well, sometimes you don't. So like, as you said, Vera Tucker's one guy who's been in 16 for quite a lot of them, so he could be an option. I think JC or JC Horn from South Carolina seems to be like the main guy though. But like, obviously, to have him go in like maybe 12 to San Francisco or even to New England, so he might not even be an option come draft night, which would be a shame because like, it's after him, I think there's a bit of a gap in the cornerbacks, isn't there? So. Like, we're, like, not going to reach for one of the guys below him. Not sure who they are yet. Or, like, maybe we should wait till, like, day two to get someone. And there's, like, more of them to pick from. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you've got options there. I think, um, like you say, I think it could be a, a point of best player available, which is never a bad thing. You know, it can always work out well, um, depending who's there. Um, but, yeah, very tough. I've always sent up. He seems like a good option there for you. Well, depending where you go, like you say, it can be so unpredictable. We'll sort of, to sort of cap the episode off a little bit, Tom, so we'll go into our way, way, way too early sort of predictions. Um, we, we like to do them as much as it's really early, you know, not a lot's really happened, even by obviously Brianzi hasn't even started yet. But um, we're trying to get all this done before the draft, so we'll sort of put you on the spot. If you, if things in your mindset, so if you do nicely in the draft that you want to see them pick, you know, you, you assign a few players, you get rid of who, who you're not really fancying. What what do you think the, the best case scenario you reckon for the Cardinals could be this year in the tough division you have and maybe the worst case scenario? What 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 record do you think 
you can see your guys, uh, your Cardinals being at the, uh, for next season. I mean, I posted this out to our fans in the Facebook group the other week when the like the final schedules came out for the year, like who would be playing in that. And there were choices going from like three and thirteen to like ten and six. So it could really be anywhere with this team. Personally, I think I'd just stick with like a nine and seven sort of season. You know, looking at the schedule, hopefully like we cut down on the penalties for next year as well. That's going to be one of the main focuses, I think. Because obviously we can't go into the season like leading the league in them again. And like only just having like Kansas City overtaking us, but that's because they played four extra games or three, you know. You know, that's not the yeah. sort of thing you want your team to be doing, like costing them yards every single game with stupid mistakes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, they do get frustrated in the penalties. I mean, for yeah. me, I think, you know, you've got a very, very tough division. Uh, San Francisco are going to improve next year. Uh, the Rams already look stronger with that pickup quarterback. And the Seahawks are always, you know, there or thereabouts. I'm, I'm going to sort of say, just because I've got to, I want to sort of say seven and nine as uh, my prediction, just because of the toughness of the schedule. I think um, it's not a bad thing. I think, I think ideally, I think it could potentially be, you know, sort of best case scenario, that eight to nine win bracket. If you can even get into that nine win bracket, obviously, because there's an extra playoff spot now, you know, so that does give more teams that little bit more of an option. The teams that are on the bubble of like a nine and seven, eight and eight season, it might be enough to get you in the playoffs. If you if you'll see if you end up being nine and seven, it could be like that could be that just enough. Obviously, depending how the season goes for everyone. But yeah, I think that could be possibility there as a best case scenario. I don't think as much as yeah, like I say you posting on your uh, your Facebook group, I can't see I can't see a complete collapse. Obviously, a three and thirteen, like you said, obviously there's not exactly the mass, you know, lacking of talent on this roster. You know, there's a lot of holes that you want to pick up. But I don't think this team's necessarily a three a three to four win team. I think if that is a, if it really collapses, I've known and say Kyler Murray gets injured or someone else gets injured, you know, maybe that then it would happen. But I think maybe worst case scenario, I've put you at like six and ten. I think you know, there is a lot of holes to fill. Obviously, not being with the amount of cap space you have, and obviously, you haven't got a massive amount of picks in this year's draft. I do think, yeah, sort of that eight, eight, nine, seven, best case, and then six and ten to. Um, to I mean, the, uh, do you think the, that, like, if if Peterson and Fitzgerald both leave, do you think that sort of the lack of leaders would sort of cause you to drop that? You know, obviously, two big leaders on your team. I mean, it would be felt because, like, that's probably one of the things that people seem to be down on Kyler Murray on. Like, he doesn't seem to be, like, that sort of, like, vocal leader. Or at least, like, not where they can see that he's that. You know, like, he's not the one who's chewing guys out on the sidelines if they do something wrong, that sort of thing. So, I mean, we've got guys like Buda Baker. He's obviously going to be, like, a leader wherever he is. So, we'll have leaders, yeah. but I don't know if, like... Obviously, the... You won't be able to just replace Patrick Peterson and Larry Fitzgerald just like that, though. It'd definitely be a different team to watch without both of those two. And I hope it's only one of them that we lose. And if it yeah. is one, and I'd rather lose Larry Fitzgerald than Patrick Peterson. No, it makes sense. I wouldn't, yeah, as a fan, obviously, they're, they're fan favourites. Obviously, been with you guys for so long. Obviously, you don't want to see him go. But yeah, it's um, you can keep one. I can see why you want to keep Patrick. But, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, it fares better for your Cardinals next season. We'll have to see how we go. I'm going to cap it off there, Tom. Thank you very, very much for joining us. 
Uh, really appreciate it. You're our first British guest, believe it or not. It's only our fourth episode, but we've uh, we've been doing everything overseas at the moment. So, uh, yeah, uh, really appreciate you coming to join us this evening. No problem. Thanks for having me. Like I say, guys, I'll be putting all their socials and everything down in our posts. Keep an eye on Instagram and Twitter for that one. But thank you very, very much again for listening, guys. Keep staying safe. Take care. Catch you next time.